Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. We're in a series called Reborn. And uh, what it is, just made in his image, right? We're in this Cherish series. And, and I just wanted to say, yes, let me, uh, I just wanted to say that uh, in 2023, where we are today, we understand the term being born again. Like, it's just part of, like, I'm a born again Christian. But back in the day, Jesus' day, I mean, every day is Jesus' day, but back in the day that he walked the earth in his flesh, they didn't understand that concept. They didn't understand that term. And it was like an upside down kingdom. It was like, dude, this dude's crazy. Nicodemus came in the middle of the night and was like, you mean I got to into my mom again? Like, that makes no sense. It makes no sense. And, you know, I just want to say that, like, there's the moment before Christ and after Christ. And what's funny is actually my last message I preached was on this side of the cross. But there's the B.C. moment. So I'm going to say to me, this is the B.C. David. And then there's the A.D. David. There's, like, all the stuff I used to do before Christ. Now, to give you guys context, I didn't walk with the Lord. I knew who Jesus was, but I didn't walk with him. And so there is, there is this, this thing that, like, used to feed me. Not a thing, but there's things in your life that used to feed you before the cross. There is addictions you would go to. There was things you would watch or see or people you would talk to that just weren't healthy for you, right? There's, there's things that are like bad that because you didn't know Christ, they were really bad. And now you know it because you're a believer or you're at least have some morality on your heart that speaks to you. Now we have conviction in the Holy Spirit. For if you know anything about me, if you're close enough to like hang out with me, you'll know that I have a little bit of sense of humor. The Macon men, the Macon family, we have a sense of humor, the funny thing is, I'm like a first-generation Christian, so I'm walking out of the dirty jokes. I'm walking out of, like, semi-inappropriate, like, I shouldn't be hearing that, I shouldn't be saying that, but it makes me laugh. And, and the funny thing is, like, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm bringing that up because there's things that in your past and in your present that are okay. Like Jesus says, uh, all things are permissible, but not all things are beneficial, and so for me, I was like, well, that's my sense of humor. Like, I sit at night, I sit on my, I lay down, and my daughter comes to me, and Mercy's like doing her own stuff at night. And for me, Leanna sits under my arm, and we watch funny videos. And it's the funniest, it's the funniest thing. Like, sometimes it's just like in the middle of the night, and you'll hear me go, <laughs> like, <laughs> and it just like, I had this like thing come out of me. I'm like, yes, it, it brings me so much joy. And I just want to say that the Bible says that laughter is like good medicine. Now, I love to laugh. But I got to be very careful on what I'm laughing at because the enemy could like, hey, watch out. So there's some people that are like super serious. Like you're not even smiling right now that are, like I'm, I'm kind of saying something semi-funny. And then there's some people that are like, yes, that's me, bro. Let's go hang out. And I'll tell you some of those dirty jokes after. And I'm going to say, no, like that's not me anymore. <laughs> but in that spirit, I just want to say a couple facts for the semi-serious people and the funny ones. Did you guys know, this is something me and Leanna found at night. Did you guys know that if you can't sleep at night, it's because you're awake? See, I know who the serious crowd is. I'm no comedian, but 
That made me laugh. I was like, what? Like, obvious. Did you guys know that the secret to a long life is avoid dying? Right? It's, it's simple, right? So I got to keep it, like, clean, Christian. Scott, I think, gave me these jokes. Did you give me these jokes last week? Did you guys know that the slowest animal on earth, no, is slower than any other animal on earth, right? You're kind of on something, but, okay, so what's the fastest animal on earth is what? No, he's faster than the slowest. Like, you guys just don't understand. There's some jokes that I can't share here that I've choose to leave out for a reason. On that, I just want to stop real quick. I want to stop because uh, I want to set the mood of just like, hey, let's just relax. Like, church doesn't have to be so, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't have to be clean. You don't have to be perfect to walk into this place and hear the word of God. God comes in and he'll, he'll clean you up. Uh, my next little thing I have here is I just have prophetic words, question mark. And I do want to say I got some words for some people. Uh, so really quick, I'm not going to spend a lot of time, but there's a family in the back. Um, I'm just going to call you my oos, and you'll know what that means. My, yes, that whole family right up there. Never met you guys, I don't believe, and if, you did, if I did, I'm sorry. But I feel, I got a prophetic word yesterday on my bed as I was preparing this message, and I seen a Hawaiian flower, or I seen a, uh, some type of tropical plant, and I didn't know what it meant, but I, I had seen, a, it, it came along with a family, and that's really cool, because I could tell that you guys are all family, and immediately I thought about a grandma or a mother figure that is really close to you guys, or what binds the family together, and I pretty much left it, and now you're pointing, so there's something there, that you're, you're keeping the family together, but as I walked up to the back up here during worship, I seen a crack in a foundation, and it's a healthy crack. Like, Jesus came and split something, and it's a healthy crack where the anointing and the blood flows. And so I want to say for this family that God is walking you guys through this next prophetic season, and he's actually cracking pavements and cracking things as you guys walk. Uh, it's obviously not a weight thing. It's a prophetic thing over your guys' family. So I just want you guys to receive that. Um, it was pretty cool how God did So thank you, God, for them. I also, yesterday, I, uh, as God, you know, God lives outside of time. This is how I know my relationship with him. He lives outside of time, so I know that if God shows me something for tomorrow, I know he's already there. So that's what he did yesterday. He showed me a word of me speaking, and I feel like there's somebody out in the foyer or maybe the mom's room or even kids' church. There's somebody that can hear me that's not in service right now, and all he said to say is, listen to this message because God's calling you on the mountain. He's calling you for more, and so... I'm going to get into my message now. What happens when you decide to give your life to Jesus? Like I said, we know the term uh, born again. But then what I feel like we have all encountered growing up or, I, I mean, this is no bad context, but like what we have found is sometimes the church in the past would just get you saved and then just leave you out there. And like, let me just ask this question. If you're in this house and you volunteer in this house, raise your hand. Just raise your hand. That's a big chunk of the church. And you could go to a lot of churches where if I were to ask that same question, it's probably these, these people. And, and so we're a church that makes disciples. We're a church that uh, helps you after you give your life to Jesus. So being born again to the day you take your last breath here on earth is where I want to focus my message. You guys good? You guys understand? I think you guys have to understand that. So Thank you, Jesus. It's going to be real quick. Thank you, Jesus, 
that you're speaking to people where they're at, but you're calling them to higher ground. In Jesus' name, amen. Cool. Do I have any hiking enthusiasts in here? Like hikers? Like, okay, let me see it again. Keep it up. Okay. So you guys probably got like, I know Chris because I've hiked with you, but you guys got like some backpacks and you guys got some hiking boots, maybe a stick or a staff, camelback, something. You guys are the real ones. Now, who are the like, the ones that walk around their neighborhood and then they're like, cool with it? Okay, one, two, cool. That's fine. That's not hiking. That's strolling. <laughs> but, I, but I asked a group of friends, like, why do you hike? Like, straight up, why do you hike? I have my answers, but overall consensus was to work out for the views, for a challenge, um, to get food. Yes, me and you, I, I love to hike and bring food down from the mountain. Uh, people love nature, right? So they're naturists. Alan, I'm very careful. I wanted to say naturalist. We weren't nude. Naturist. <laughs> they love nature. I had talked to somebody that said, I actually walk and talk with God. And I'm like, yeah, bro, that's my message right there. And so and then somebody told me release frustration. And I'm like, oh, oh, I'm walking up a hill like real hard. Like, I don't know if that's like, you do you. I won't call you boo, but you do you. So the title of my message is On That Mountain. Uh, I want to talk about what happens on that mountain. You see, tonight I don't have a scripture to speak to you guys or two or three. I actually have a chapter. So if you guys want to turn to Exodus 19, I'm going to be throughout Exodus. So just understand that I'm, I'm referring back to scripture um, here and there. So if you want to take notes, it'll be on Exodus 19. I do touch on the previous five chapters, and I talk about the next 15, 20. But I'm just going to read back and forth. So if you got, I want to give you context in where we're at in the Bible. Now, I have to understand a lot of us have read Exodus because this is in the beginning of the Bible. So we all do it in probably February. And there's a lot of us that probably know of the story, but we don't know the details. So I want to show you where we are in the Bible. But I want you to see this in a sense of this is the Christian life. This is you after you give your life to Jesus. Put yourself in the story. You see, here's a, there's a spiritual truth that the Old Testament is like Jesus concealed. So there's a lot of hidden messages. There's a lot of hidden things about Jesus that you don't see. But if you ask to see him, he will show you these things. And then in the New Testament, it's Jesus revealed. So you'll, you'll get correlation between Old Testament and New Testament, and it's, it's really good. So I want to talk to you guys. Here's the context. Moses encounters God in a burning bush. And I, when I said that for the first time in middle school to the kids, I, I was stopped by the Holy Spirit, and he said, did you notice that I called Moses alone? And I didn't think about that. And I think too many times we feel like when my family gets right or when my cousin will come with me to church or, or all these things, he calls Moses alone. And it's okay if you're married, you guys are one flesh, but he still calls you alone. So Moses gets called and then he became fat. And let me say this, it's kind of the term that we took in, the, in this church, faithful, available, teachable. If you've been through DNA, you guys will know that. If you haven't been to DNA, go to DNA. Like this is my, it's my plug to go to DNA. They'll teach you how to be fat. And the Bible says the fat is the Lord, so it's okay to be a little fat. I'm putting on the pounds, so don't, we're, we're good. I will hike a mountain after. So God encounters, Moses encounters God in a bush, and then there's the Red Sea moment. We all know the story of the, whatever tormented the people, they came through the river, through the water, 
and they become saved. Now, does that sound like the moment we come and see Christ, we come to Christ, we understand there's things that just torment us. There's habits and addictions that are chasing after us. And, and we just need to come to Christ and get saved. Do you guys get that? Are you guys seeing that a little bit? So they get saved. And then right after saved, um, I, I don't know what chapter it is, but it's a few chapters back. There's a, there's a song of Miriam and Moses. And this is the very first worship song that's written in scripture. And they're singing this praise to God and how he saved them and how he freed them. And, and they've done all this stuff. So that's kind of like us. We give our life to Jesus and we're like, yeah, team Jesus. And you start rocking the skinny jeans and you start dressing a little different. You start, you have this lifestyle of like, my life's changing. And then after that, they went through a season of no water and bitter water. And that's us. Like we, we get saved, we, we praise God, and then now we're like really thirsty. We're really thirsty after God's word. And if you go to a church that's not discipling you, you'll die out in the wilderness like, oh, I'm thirsty. All I get is a Sunday drop on my tongue. Or maybe it's a, it's a jug and you can't, anybody drink water too fast? You get bloated and it hurts and you just want to, my dog does it all the time. He throws up water. Like, you should have never drank all that much. <laughs> so you could go to a church that just pours that down your throat. And then we're looking for manna and we're looking for quail. We're looking for God's provision. And now we want the meteor stuff. Right? And then all of a sudden, the Amalekites come, and there's a war. And all I say is, as a believer, you'll go through seasons, and then there's spiritual warfare. And I don't back down, and I don't cower back from that. Like, and we don't do that at this church. We stand up, and we know our authority, and we say, okay, get out of here, devil. We'll cast you out if we need to. We'll bring some healing. We'll know that. That's what a disciple-making church does. Why? Going back to the series, because we're made in his image. God's a healer. God's a provider. God did all that to the spiritual forces that were coming against his people. So here we are. There's the context. What I have found is I found myself going through all those seasons, and when I get to the mountain, like Moses, I stopped. And I'm like, if, you, if, you're, if, you don't, if you're not careful, let me see how to say this. If you're not careful and you stop at the mountain, you're going to end up wandering in the wilderness for 40 years, going around the same mountains, of, of brokenness, the same mountains of addiction, the same mountains of pornography, the same mountains of anger and frustration, the same mountain for 40 years, and there's going to be a time where you're like, enough is enough, right? And did you guys know that the Israelites, they traveled in the wilderness for 40 years in a journey that should have took 40 days? And so we want to help you here at this church, because you're made in his image, to walk out the 40-day journey, and some of us, I feel prophetically, like I, some insight is some of you guys have been running through the same cycles over and over and over again. And all you need is a new change of scenery. It happens all the time. Even in the house, in a healthy way. There's even some people that are like, I've been in this cycle for so long. Let me go get something fresh. And it's okay to do that as long as you're going up. And so I wanted to start reading in Exodus 19, verse 3. And I will pause and I will jump around. So just, again, please just take notes on this chapter. In verse 3, it says that when Moses went up to God, the Lord called to him from the mountain. Uh, I think I'll say it now. My very first point, and then we can go back to scripture. The very first point is God is calling you on the mountain. You notice that if God's omnipresent and God can speak to anything, even through a bush, why didn't he speak to Moses in the camp? Because he wanted to separate Moses. He wants to separate you and pull you up on the mountain so that you can 
have one-on-one intimacy with him. He's calling you up on the mountain. And so he called, oh, I need a scorekeeper. Is there anybody in here that's willing to just be a scorekeeper real quick? Raise your hand. Okay, cool. Every time I talk about in scripture that Moses goes up or he goes down, I just need you to keep a point. Okay? The reason I say that is because reading through Exodus, I always thought Moses just went up one time, got the Ten Commandments, he came down, they were partying, they were boogieing, they were like boot scooting boogie, or they were doing something they shouldn't be doing, and he got mad and threw the stones down, and he had to go back up. So I knew there was at least two times he goes up the hill, and that's important in what I'm about to say. He, and, and that's kind of where I'm talking about the hiking enthusiasts, where you guys are at. Now, um, he says, go tell their people, go tell my people of Israel, you yourselves have seen what I did in Egypt. What, basically, what I set you free from, verse 5 says, Now if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations you'll be my treasured possession. Now God owns everything, he says in the next verse, but I'm going to keep you as a treasure. And I think if you don't be careful, you will not see yourself as a treasure. God says he sees you as a treasure. You're made in his image. He, has, he can look in the mirror and be like, ah, I look good. <laughs> Dressed or undressed, he can look in the mirror and be like, yeah, that's me. And that's what he sees when he sees you guys. Keep it. I'm a Christian now, so I keep those jokes there to yourself. Anyways, he goes through and he talks about this. And I wanted to jump to verse 7. So it says, Moses went back. Scorekeeper, we're good, right? Going back down. And he summoned the elders. He summoned the people and he told them, this is what God said to do. So then in verse 8 says, the people all responded together, and we will do everything the Lord has said. So Moses brought the answer back up, went back up the mountain. And this is not even the Ten Commandments. You got it, right? So I'm like, wow, he's going up, he's going up and down. And I'm like, dude, I hate hiking. I, I, I mean, I love it, but I hate it. Hiking a mountain should be tough. It should cause you to breathe different, higher altitudes, it should cause you to walk different, especially after you're back down. Some of you got like jelly legs and you're like, right? It should do that. The trail behind your house doesn't do that. Or it shouldn't. Maybe. It should cause you to see different. You should be at a higher altitude. You should be able to see things different. You should be able to sense things different. And I'm reminded when Jesus said, don't get drunk with strong drink or wine, but get drunk with the spirit. What does drinking do? Now, I'm not here to... To, to highlight drinking as a negative or am I condoning it or saying you guys all should go get drunk. What I am saying is scientifically we know that you, when you get drunk, you see things differently. You're off, right? And then you, to me, when I used to drink, and I wasn't a crazy alcoholic, but I would drink to the point where I'm like, my lips are tingly. And then all of a sudden I, I found myself at a taco shop and I'm like eating carne salad fries. So your, your taste changes. You walk different. You speak different, and you definitely hear different. Marriages, say no more. We're good. Because you'll hear things different. But that's what walking in the Spirit is supposed to do. God is calling you up on the mountain so he can speak to you, so he can lead you, so he can direct you. Walking should be tough. And this this mountain called life, this Christian life hike, if you will, should be tough. It's not easy peasy lemon squeezy. It's not. And if it is, uh, come talk to me. I'll explain a little bit more. But you should be challenged. You absolutely should be challenged. Let me talk talk really quick. 
God says in verse 10, he said, the Lord said to Moses, so he's up there on the third time or whatever, and he says, go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow and have them wash their clothes. To me, I have a, a note that says repent. Strip off that old stuff. Strip it off. And then he says, um, be careful that you do not, do not approach the mountain. He says, whoever touches the mountain will be put to death. And all that was saying is, on your mountain, on your calling, on your life, in your marriage, you need to set some limits around your mountain. The things of the world are not allowed to come up to the mountain. Pornography doesn't belong in a marriage. Lying, theft, all these things that God's about to download to Moses, they don't belong on your mountain. The, the stuff where you're putting the world before the kingdom doesn't belong on your mountain. And I'm not saying that in any way if you feel convicted to, to like highlight. All I'm saying is God has more, that, more for you. That's all. My heart is fully out of love. Like God has so much more for you than to bring something that of the world on the mountain. He wants to keep you pure. He wants you to consecrate yourself. He wants you to, to live holy. Scorekeeper, where are we at? Three, four. Sometimes we got to go up the mountain again and again. Honestly, as Christians, again and again. Sometimes we got to believe again for a pregnancy, again and again. And, and I'm not talking month after month after cycles go, but I'm talking year after year. Sometimes you need to believe again. Sometimes, uh, uh, parents, sometimes you need to believe again for a prodigal, for your son, for your daughter. You need to believe again. Don't stop believing. You need to hike up that mountain again. And it'll be tough. Some of us need to forgive again. Man, I got cotton mouth on that one. We need to forgive again. And again. And again. How many times? It's like, yeah, that, I'm not good at math. Then sometimes we need to give again. Is it a giving message? No, but it is a giving message. What about in your serving? What about in, in your lifestyle? What about at your work? Can you give again? Can you take out the trash again? I don't care if that person keeps throwing stuff. Can you do it again? That's the Christian life is again and again. It's a, it's a strong thing. Scorekeeper, how many times up and down, up and down did Moses go up? He did it before he even got the law. How many times will you go up and down for your family? Even if you weren't told. You see, I asked about a hike and I said, how do you feel when you get up to the top? And most people say, I feel accomplished. The sweat maybe stops or they start going down the hill. And then I ask a question, and I'll ask you guys. Just don't answer because we don't have time for it. But how would you feel if you just hiked a mountain and all of a sudden, God, when you got to the bottom, you start unlacing your boots and he says, go back up again? One answer I got was, depends on the mountain. Some trails should be tough. I want to, if we could put up that picture real quick, and um, this really means nothing, but it means something. This is Mount Sinai, and some theologian, uh, theologians and archaeologists actually believe that that black is naturally black. It's not a cloud, but that's where God had descended in fire and smoke. That altitude of that mountain is roughly 7,500 feet. Now, I don't know, because I'm not an avid hiker. I don't know how long it'll take you to get up there. But there's a few things I do notice is there's no trails. And there's some cliffs. 
And it just seems tough for me. Maybe not you guys. But to put that in context, who likes to hike Cowles Mountain? East County Mountain? Cowles Mountain is 1,500 feet. 7,500. Cowles Mountain, 1,500. The cool thing about Cowles Mountain is it has trails. And it has signs that there's rattlesnakes and scorpions. And there's even a helicopter. If you, like, pass out, a helicopter will come get you. Moses didn't have any of that. Moses had sandals. And I almost titled my message, Enrique, I love that you're here. I almost titled my message, Hiking with Chanclas. (laughs) But on a mountain, on a mountain when you get up there, there's some of us that get about halfway and we need a break and we need to stop and we need some water and that's okay. That's absolutely okay. My point number two is to turn around and enjoy the view. And I'm speaking to those who know that they're on the mountain, but they're like, I don't, I, I don't know if I'm doing enough. I don't know if God is really doing this. I don't know if I'm seeing signs, miracles, and wonders. I don't know. And all God is saying is to turn around and look where you came from. Look back. Even if you're 50 yards up the hill, turn around and just say, wow, that's where I was. This is where I am. I'm going to turn around. I'm going to keep going. Funny thing on that, I'm going to tell a quick little thing. On on Cowles Mountain one time, this was years ago, um, I was hiking up and I needed a break. I had asthma really bad, and I got miraculously healed from asthma. I don't have asthma anymore. But I I used to have asthma. Yeah, thank God. I would, there's a point, I don't know if it's halfway, I don't know the, the feet, but you would have to rest. And Mercy and I would sit on a rock and we would just look at the golf course and the lake. And I, and I sat there, but there's something that happens when you stop. You start contemplating, should I go back? Back into the world. Back off of the mountain. And God's saying no today. Don't do that. The other thing that happens is you get these super athletic CrossFit guys. I'm speaking from the men point of view. That are just smoking up the mountain. I'm not talking smoking. I'm talking like they're, they're trailblazing. They're going up. And I'm like, <sighs> and I'm looking. And, and, and they're kind of like, they got weights on, and there's people that do a barefoot, and I'm like, and I sit there, and I'm like, I start comparing, and I'm like, I want that. That's, I want to be like him. Moses came down with the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments, I should not covet. You should not covet. And it, whatever version you're reading, it says you shouldn't covet their house or their wife or their donkey or their whatever it is. But I'll say to you, the path you're on, don't covet. Don't look at someone else's path. Don't look at a David Macon and say, like, I, I need to be on his trail. Because the problem with that is God's calling you to either be a trailblazer or for a season he is calling you on someone's path. Moses didn't have a path. He had, to, he had to blaze that trail. But he's calling you, if it's a quick season to get started, be on the trail. See, comparison kills you. But now for those that are like the active hikers, I'm talking Christians, the ones that have been generations as a Christian or maybe saved for seasons and seasons. The point number three that I have is the top is not the destination. It's not. Every time I was asking somebody about hiking, the way that they interpreted it, obviously I would have did the same if I didn't know I was preaching a message like this. I would have said the top and I would have took some photos and I would have relaxed, maybe opened my Bible. I would have did something and then I would have came back down. But again, what if God's calling you to turn around 
and go back up. Now, I didn't get to the rest of chapter 19 and then chapter 20, and then there's 10 chapters of like all the laws and, and things that he has to do. And then Moses finally comes down with a new set of tablets, and he's like, his face is shining. They have to put a veil over him. The people are like, why is his face like that? It's almost like these lights. And I, all I want to say to that is when you spend time in the presence of God, people should see it. They should see you sparkling. They should see the fruit of your life because the Holy Spirit is leading you to produce fruit. At this church, we, we produce fruit. We produce disciples. And so, if all I want to say tonight is I feel like I had my three points. God's calling you on the mountain. Turn around, look where you came from. And the third one is the top, is the top, the peak, whatever, is not the destination. And I'm going to go backwards on that, and I'm just going to explain something to you. If you have been a believer for longer than a day, if you've been in for a season, I think what God's saying tonight is to hike again. Go again. Believe again. Go up a new trail. Go up a new mountain. He has an appointment set for you. For those of you that maybe are, find yourself in the middle, I love Jesus, but I don't pray. I love Jesus, but I want to get in the word, or I just don't, or I'm too busy. I love Jesus, but I, I love this church. I just don't want to go to men's prayer. I don't want to go to men's, women's prayer. I, I just don't want to. Like, all I'm saying with that is God's calling you to higher altitudes, but he wants you to first turn around and look where you came from. Maybe your first step is just pausing and looking where you came from, and now the next step as you turn around is a mountain or a trail called men's prayer. Maybe it is a cherished conference. Maybe it is a connect group. Go. Going back to my point number one is some of you don't even feel like you're on the mountain. That you're in the season of cyclical disease, generational curses, generational curses of poverty. You're in this cycle of walking around the mountain in the wilderness for 40 years now or however long it feels like to you. And I just want to end it with this. God is calling you on the mountain. So if I could have everybody bow their head, close their eyes. And I think we need to have some reverence for this moment. This moment, scripture says this is the day of salvation. This is the day that God has called you to step on that mountain. To walk and to believe and to have him hold your hand. Maybe it's to have him push you. If you've never felt like you've been on the mountain, if you feel like you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, maybe you have, but you're ready to commit. Like tonight's the night I'm drawing a line in the sand. I want to I get on that trail. Don't think in your physical. Don't think if you're physically incapable or not because God will give you the strength. If you feel like you want to jump on that mountain right now with the Lord, just ask him. Holy Spirit, what are you saying in this moment? What are you saying in this message? Am I on the mountain? Am I not on the mountain? He'll show you. Because my God's not a con. He's a, con. He's, he's a guy that, he's a man that he should not lie. He's a, he's a man that will lead you 
And right now he wants to lead you on the mountain. So if you want to make that decision right now to follow Jesus and to jump on that trail, jump on that mountain, I just want you to slip up your hand real quick. I just want to see who I'm praying for and who I'm believing for. Yes, I see you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Father, I thank you right now for every single person that lifted their hand or wanted to lift their hands. Yes, I see you in the back. Thank you. You see, <clears throat> getting on a mountain requires you to step out. And so I want you guys to be bold real quick, if you can. You can, I know you can. If you guys would stand up and come down to the front, our ministry team wants to pray for you real quick. I just want to open up the altar for some ministry, please. I'm, I'm asking because God will bring you up. So thank you guys. If you guys would give them a, a clap real quick as they come up to the front. <clears throat> We don't need to worry who's looking. We don't need to worry about anything except for God's calling you on the trail. Yeah. Yeah, thank you again. God's calling you on this mountain, in this mountain of life. He's going to bless you. He's going to anoint you. He's going to heal you. It's a word for you. After I pray for, for everybody up front, I actually want to open up the altar, and, and if you feel like, like you want more, maybe you've been blinded because you've been so, what do you call it, focused on the peak that you can't turn around, and you, you're desiring to see where you came from. I also want you to come up and talk to one of our ministers. They're going to pray for you. And last, if you're a leader... I'm not talking in the church, I'm talking in general. If you're a leader in your home, if you're the patriarch of your family, if you're the, the elder of your family, and you need to go up a mountain again, I want to invite you up to the front. But if you guys can all stretch your hands out right now to everybody who's making this decision. Father, I thank you right now. In the name of Jesus, I thank you that diseases are broken, that vision is imparted, that anointing on this mountain is about to take place. That the things of the world, I feel like things of the world have been weighing you down and pulling you down and God's calling you to strip that off on this mountain. It's okay if you drop it on the mountain. Father, I thank you for their salvation. Father, I thank you that they're going to step into a new season, a new season of healing, a new season of being prophetic. Father, I thank you that as they believe in their heart and they confess with their mouth that they are saved. Jesus, that you are healing uh, can I get your, your hand real quick? I feel like you have a prophetic, a prophetic gift to see into the insight. I want you to like really lean in. Uh, God's showing you that he can speak to you in dreams and visions. And I impart that right now in the name of Jesus. I declare a full vision, a prophetic, a prophetess right now in the spirit that she would be able to see things behind the veil, angels and demons, that she would be able to discern what is of God and what not. Jesus, I thank you right now. It's your mighty name we pray. Father, I thank you for, for this group of people. As the next group comes down and they're ready to, to be ministered to, God, I thank you that you would fall afresh on them tonight. There's a new hike, a new mountain to be, to be climbed, new altitudes to see, new views. I thank you, Father, for that. In Jesus' name I pray. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen. For more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com. 
or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.